Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Glory to God. Well, we will start today, if you want to turn to Psalms 103. You may not even have to turn there, but I'm going to read this as an intro today. Not the whole psalm. It's a little, it's not that long, but I'm going to start in Psalms 103, chapter 19, and uh, you'll find out how this bears witness with the rest of the, as we go today. It says in Psalms chapter 103, verse 19, it says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven. Authority. You can start to get there. And his kingdom rules over all. Now that's, that's, that's about authority. But now let's, let, let's look at this. This is, the, this is where it starts to get fun. All of a sudden. So it says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In all places of what? His dominion? Whoa. So between his established throne in heaven... And his kingdom that rules over all, we have a whole lot of blessing that just happened. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to gather together. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to hear your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are considered soil and your word is the seed. Father, we thank you that we can be the perfect place for your seed to come to fruition. We thank you, Lord. For your gift to us, Father, that you've called us perfect and whole, and that we weren't the ones that made us that way. Father, we thank you for the finished work of the cross. We thank you, Lord God, for your work in our life. We thank you for the opportunities that you give us. Father, we thank you that you are training our hands to war, and that you prepared a future for us. That every single thing that comes against us, we are ready for. That you've given it to us as our victory. That, Lord God, there is not a temptation that has come to us, but that which is common to man. And we thank you that you have provided for us. We thank you that you suffered and that you are touched with our infirmities. We thank you that you relate to us. We thank you that you are intimate with us. We thank you that you are so grafted into us that we are becoming one. We are your brother. And you are our bri- or, or the bridegroom. We thank you, Lord, that we as separate individuals are becoming one with you. Thank you for the unity of the spirit. Thank you for the unity of the body. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, the intro tells us about praise. Tells us about blessing. Tells us about these wonderful things that are established here. And, and, and I'll go back and touch a little bit on what we did last week. Because we're ministering spiritual realities. 
We're, we're ministering. We are dispensing, releasing. We are in the control of. That's how you administer. You would have something that is contained within you that will be released from you. You are ministering a spiritual reality. And so that means that there is a manifestation from this side to this side. And so we have to just know where we are and what we are. And so we've been looking in on this, and we know that authority is delegated power. And, and, and that we, we started learning last week when we were reading through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that, uh, that we have our positive uh, cookie of uh, correction, you know, where, where we, we say nice things to you about how blessed you are and, and all this stuff before we actually correct you. But then when we really want to get into some real good correction, now we're going to start saying your father, our father, and we're going to establish a relationship because for deeper correction, you can't just come from a positional place. You have to come from a relational place. And so we understand that we will go deeper in our correction with the Father and He can correct us more as we press into Him more and we learn more of Him and we become intimate with Him. Then we can find ourselves more obedient to Him with more authority released in our lives and we can affect this world more. And so we continue to go through that. We, we realized that there was that relationship that was there. And then we got to the place that we understand that, that there was two masters. That there's two masters that are out there. And there's only one that you're going to love. Only one master that we're going to love. And we find that those, those masters can be things of culture. Things of upbringing. upbringing. Um, you may have heard it said. That's how Jesus kept saying it. You, you've heard it said this way, but I say this. You've heard it said this way, but I say this. Your upbringing is here, but this is the real way. And, and he had to start to differentiate and clean up and put into place the jurisdiction, the boundaries of what we're moving into. And so, as we're continuing to learn about authority, and then where we ended as we were closing down through this, We'd started ending in, uh, we made it to Matthew 6, I believe we made it to about verse 25-ish is where we're looking at, um, and, and that, that, that doesn't matter much, but we're talking about what is life, what will you eat, what will you drink, we talked about how you are a citizen of heaven, and are you dressing like the ambassadorship that you have, are you representing the throne room in what you do? What's our conduct? How are we acting? I mean, some people just keep coming by with their disgusting robes of where they'd been, those rags that they'd had, and they can't get past their past and into the future that God has for them. They don't even know the authority that's been released in their life, so they haven't found out that their bootstraps can be pulled up. You know, that they can actually, I mean, they're sitting there, they're sloppily dressed, boots are untied, everything's falling apart, and they're trying, I'm just making it by. We've met these believers. This is not the believers that the kingdom of God has called you forth to fight for him in his battle. He's called you to lace them up. He called you to run a race. You can't run in those boots. 
I want to see the person try, right? You've seen the person try. What happens to the person that's running when they're, if you're going to look at a pair of military boots that are all open and laces are out, and they're going to take off running, what is going to happen? They're going to fall. I don't know how they could run for long without those things ended up giving up on them. Their traction, their footing is not going to be a sure thing. They do not have a sure finish. They will not run the race the Lord has put in front of them until they put on the full armor of God. And so we put on that armor. And so we see that we are an ambassador. It's an accredited diplomat of the highest rank sent as a representative of a foreign country. And they walk in that authority. We have the authority of Christ in us, upon us, and when we walk, it does not matter. Um, I talked with, uh, is Michael Hardy, is who it was, he's talking about uh, when they were, when the first things they learned when they're talking about customs and stuff like this, when he worked for customs, was that if they have an A1 on their visa, a, that means ambassador, you do not talk to them. You make no, they do not exist. Because you will not defile their government. You could create yourself an act of war. They are in full power. Our rules, American rules, don't apply to their ambassadorship. They can speed and you can't do nothing about it. Kill, steal. They, he actually said this. He goes, they could have a dead body fully exposed on a backpack walking out like this of an airport, and you don't get to say a word. You just turn your head and stand away. Walk away. Do you know the authority that you have as a believer? Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee from you. Flee from you. He sees the A stamped on your visa, and he knows that he has no right. But if you can't find your wallet, you're not going to show him your visa. Do you know your identification with Christ? Do you have what it is that's been wrote? This is who I am. This is where I'm from. This is my height. This is my weight. This is my eye color. This is my, you know, DNA. This is my script. This is where I come from. I've walked out of heaven. And this is who I am. And that's the authority that I come from no matter where I stand. But I'll tell you this, wherever I stand, it's my ground. It's my ground. It's my ground. And so we learn about our ambassadorship. We've got to be aware in verse 20, uh, well, that, that finishes around 29, and then we start looking at verses 32 and 33, and even in, <coughs> and, and so this is what the Lord had said to me when I was reading this. So verse 32, six, Matthew 6, 32 says this, For after all these things the Gentiles seek. So Gentiles would be the other side of the box at this point. Because the Gentile is not in this covenant with God. 
So the Gentile is seeking after food, clothing, shelter. They're worrying. We do not worry because we have been given all things that are necessary. I know the all-sufficient one. He is my father. All sufficiency is from God. So if I have a need, I'm calling him a liar. And I will always, here's the thing, get this, realize that you're the prophet of your own life and whatever you speak comes about. So if you speak about your need, then you're denying the right for God to work in your life, but the right of the enemy to proceed with need in your life. There you go. What are you declaring? We're not needy Christians. I have everything provided for me. I need to learn how to parent. Whew, you just sold out God. Good luck. I need to learn how to be a good businessman. I just sold out God. I need to be a good leader. I need to be a good employee. I need to be a good pastor. I need to be a good... Oh. First letter is an I problem. Second letter is a sufficiency problem. Sound like you're living in the wrong kingdom. Yeah. So it says, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows... My father knows. My father knows. My heavenly father knows that you need all these things. Do you like it when somebody calls out something that you blatantly need or that you blatantly know for them and they call and tell you that you're not providing this for them? I'm hungry and you've created a meal for them. They're sitting at your table and they're telling you how hungry they are, and you're like, eat? We would call that disrespectful, rude. Oh, how many of us are doing this to God? As we're continuing in this relationship, we keep presenting him with piles of needs instead of relating to him the grace, the blessings, the thankfulness, the gratitude of his sufficiency towards us. We keep telling him about the mountain, but we never talk to the mountain about our God. And so we continually, over and over again, live a life of Christianese and words that sounds so great, it's sick and disgusting and revolting because it has no power. And I guarantee you, if you know something about authority, you'll know something about power. Because authority is delegated power. And we find this over and over again. And so, if you really want the final test on this, well, let me, I'll, finish, I'll finish 32, 33, 33. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first. First, first, I have, uh, oh, no, 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 before I, before I, 
before I need, before I, before I seek first the kingdom, the dominion, the power, the authority structure of God. And his right standing, righteousness, his placement of you, we're going to get into some of this. I, I hope we get all the way into this today. And all these things shall be added unto you. Matthew 7 verse 20 says this. It says, therefore by their fruits you will know them. I will know from what authority you operate by the fruit in your life. I will see if you're showing resurrection in everything that you do, or if it's just... I, I can see it. The Word of God tells me I can see it. I can look into somebody and I can see the fruit, the produce... The production, the release, the ministration, the administration, the ministering of one's person into something else. I will see fruit produced because of the authority of the kingdom that I represent. So, if you were going to put a context on this is interesting to me. The Lord said this way. He goes, you know what? How many times have you ever heard somebody say this? And I, whoa. And I went, you know what? They like to say it this way. They go, I have it on good authority. Oh, you know, no, no, no. You know what? You know what? I hear what you guys are saying, but I say, I have it on good authority. I have it on good authority. So today you can say, I have it on good authority. I know, I know what you're going to say about my marriage, but I have it on good authority. No, 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 no. I know what you want to say about my children, but I have it on good authority. No, 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 no. Those fight, that financing right now, no, no. No, 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 no. I have it on good authority. Whoa, are you, my mind? My, you're, you, what about the, no, 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 no. I have it on good authority. I know where it is. I know where it's released from, and I know how it's granting itself as access into my life. I did but one thing, and I yielded to it. I submitted. And I have it on good authority. And I can serve warrant with good authority. I can walk in with a title deed of my authority. I can show off my authority. I can take possession with my authority. I can grab these things and say, this is not how it's going to be. And I can restore rights. And I can restore relationship. And I can put things back into place. And the thing that was dead, I say, can live because of my authority. And I have authority. And so, we find that in Matthew's chapter 5 through 7, we start to gather the knowledge of authority. 
And we see that they said about Jesus that they heard they, in Matthew 7, 28. And so it was when Jesus had ended these things that the people were astonished, other versions say amazed, at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. And so we find that uh, religious upbringing, cultural things, scribe things. There's people that are given good ideas, you know. We're all helping the community. This is a community program that's great. It's a scribe thing. It's not the kingdom of heaven thing. And you've heard many good things. And what are we drinking out of? Are we drinking out of the, the Kool-Aid of good things? It still leads to death. Or are we drink, drinking out of the life-giving milk and meat of the Word of God that will manifest itself as the Word of God? And when this seed is placed in the ground, it shows forth its fruit as this seed. And so we see this. Um, we move into, so chapters 5 through 7 shows us the knowledge of authority. And chapters 8 through 10 shows us the wisdom of authority. 8 through 10 starts to show the manifestation. We start to hear things like uh, in, in chapter, Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13. But I'll just say this, verse 9 says this. This is the centurion coming up about his servant to Jesus. He says, For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, Go. And he questions me why. No, no. I say to this one, Go. And he goes. And to another, Come. And he comes and to my servant do this and he does it how will they know that you are God's servant by your love one for another that you do the things that he says so who are you serving I just look into I just take the time to stop and look into our lives and we find out where our service falls Too many times I've found myself under man-pleaser, not God-pleaser. So, where are we at? We see that this, this centurion talks about as one under authority, and Jesus releases the authority because he speaks about it in verse 10. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. I haven't found somebody that believes like this. I haven't found somebody that's actually motivated by what they believe to the point that they would actually believe something that they can't see. Oh, faith. Faith. And so, we see that and we're like, wow. And, and then Jesus continues on. He goes from there. He sees Peter's mother-in-law. You know, we see many people are healed. We see, we see all these things. And we start heading down through this. Um, Wait, is that? Yes, I want to back up. Nope, not that one yet. Got to 
catch myself here in one of these. We go to uh, Matthew 8, chapter, or chapter 8, verse 27. This is the wind and the waves. And it says, after he had uh, rebuked the wind and the waves, it says, so the men marveled, saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? I believe that that is a release of authority. And people are like, oh. But I've, if I was Jesus, I'd just say, you know what? I, I read about in Genesis where God put constraints upon the waters so that they wouldn't go to lands. And where he stopped waters so that we could walk on dry land. And he held them up and he moved them from place to place. And he, you could even make iron float on water. And I know the God that created the water, so talking to water is no big deal. Because I got three scriptural references so that I can talk to water. He was just doing what he learned. The difference is, he believed the same as the man who wrote the books. See, I'll just throw it this way. I love it. Lord, get, slip this in. We just don't always believe God's word the way that he believes his word. You know? Uh, this is the example I heard. I got to hear it. Uh, it's from Justin Duplantis. He said he just made a comment one uh, about this. He said, "You know what? As a parent, you tell your kids we need you to go to bed because we got a big day tomorrow. Big day. You know what that's like, right? When you're putting your kids down for a big day tomorrow. What's that like at night? Okay. So the thing is, they." They keep staying all happy, giddy, rambunctious, and all these things because they're such disobedient little heathens, right? That just don't care about you. You've done all this upbringing, and, and they, they are just who? These kids. They, 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 I mean, they're, they're out to get you. They, this is a full mutiny now. They are coming to get their parents because every, you said we need to get to bed, and they didn't go to bed. Is that right? Is that why these kids are doing this? Oh, you know why they're doing it? They don't believe your words as much as you believe your words. Because what happens the next morning, if you believed your words, you woke up ready to go, and they woke up ish. Or they woke up great, and two hours later, they're ready for a nap, because they done blew everything that they were having for energy into the night. See, the thing is, it's the same with God. He believes every word he spoke because when he spoke his word, it never returned to him void. But when you spoke his word, it found a void because you didn't have the faith to produce it. <gasps> yeah. Do you believe it enough to cash a check? So we see that we have to believe our word more because that's what our Father in heaven has shown us as a representation. Jesus believed the word of God, so he operated in the word of God. And because he operated in the word of God to a level that was above what people had kind of seen at the time, 
That means that he was releasing more authority, and it became an astonishment and an amazement to the people around him because he was releasing authority into situations that they didn't see the release of authority before. And so, we'll continue here. Um, I, love, I love this. This is, this is authority in action. Here is what I wrote on the side of this. Um, <clears throat> in Matthew 8, we get to verse uh, 28 through 34. We got the, the demon-possessed men, and, and we see that uh, they came up to him. And uh, in verse 29, these two demon-possessed men had come up to him, and they cried out, saying, What have we to do with you, Jesus, you son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? The time. Ooh. Come on, realize that they know that their time's up. The lease is out. That when you're standing in front of them, you got the A on the visa, and that you have the authority at that time to speak right now. I will tell you where you're going to go. Verse 30. Now a good way off from them was a herd of many swine feeding. So the demons begged him, saying, If you will cast us out. Whoa, no, no, this next word, this next word, this next word's it right here. Permit us to go into the herd of swine. Who gives permission but the one that's in authority? So we see authority in action. They knew it. They recognized it. So they come running up to you. Mom, Dad, can we go to, you know, leader, leader, teacher, teacher, pastor, pastor, whatever you want to say. They come up to you and they start to ask you, hey, can we, you know, I, I read this in the Bible. Can you actually do this with people? Is this possible? This praying in the spirit thing? This uh, healing thing, does he really come to those who are destitute and lost if they're widows? Does he really administer to them in their time of need? Does he find that person that's broken down with disease and come to them after 17 years or 30 years of being bowed into a position? Does he, does he really do these things? I'm coming to you asking because you're somebody of authority and, and I just need to know, does this stuff really happen like this? You have the opportunity to release and permit it as so. And so he said to them, go. And they went and came out. And may speak a word like go. He said the same word, different results. To the 70, the 12, and us ultimately. They were released with authority, permitted to go into swine. We were released with authority and permitted to go into the world. And we have that authority. And so we see here, um, Jesus forgives and uh, a paralytic in chapter 9. I'm just blowing through these, I know. Verse 6, it says, but, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the paralytic, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Verse 8 says this, now when the multitude saw it, they marveled and glorified God who had given such power to men. 
or authority. So we're seeing now, chapter after chapter, account after an account, that we're starting to see the released power and authority, the manifestation of Christ. We'll jump over again to verse 32. And this says, And as they went out, behold, they brought to him a man, mute and demon-possessed. And when the demon was cast out, the mute spoke, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen like this in Israel. Who has such power? Who has this? You, you, you can just keep, it just keeps going. It's just glorious to me. Um, Matthew 10. Oh, glory to God. We are going to get where I want to go. Okay, Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called his 12 disciples to them, he gave them power. And they felt like it immediately. They got warm goosebumps. It was a heat wave up and down. No, it was a cold chill. No, it was a churning in the guts. No, no, their feet. They just, no, it was a twitch. It was a, it was a twitch. I know, I know it, was a, it, was a, it was a twitch. It just, right. He gave them power over unclean spirits. Oh, wait a second. To understand authority, we have to have a public declaration where we actually state all the things that are released so that they can operate in what they know. Because if it's unknown, it's unoperable. This is where the church has some faults. We point at each other. And we don't ask them, did you know about this? We just say, it's not operating in your life. Are we encouraging them, edifying them, building them up, constructing them into the glorious household of Christ, to the perfect body of Christ? Or do we just tell them, well, I've seen your marriage. I, I, saw, I know what your finances are like. I know how you deal with your, those things and those battles in your mind. You're, you're... Oh. Which kingdom are we of? So we got a public declaration here of Jesus Christ over his disciples, the 12. This is the 12. He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal uh, a sickness. I mean, just this is a small one. So the, little, the little sicknesses, you know, like hangnails and paper cuts. The, the ones that, you know, they, they, you, you can get over them eventually anyway, but, but this is the power that we have. All sickness. What else would be so marvelous to have people come out to you and find you in fields? Unless you're going to release all sickness. And then, if sickness was a word that, you know, had too many confinements to it, and you don't think that that's, you know, a big enough word, how about if we just throw the word, and all diseases? Well, that's a hereditary disease. That came from my parents' 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 parents. Adam had it in the garden, actually. Um, uh, if you didn't know, you know. Uh, 
I think he developed high blood pressure the first time Eve lost her glory. It's like, whoa. <laughs> anyway, no, uh, but eh, that's, uh, you know, there's, so diseases, all sickness and all disease. Un- so he cast out unclean spirits to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. And he sends them out. He says their names. Verse uh, 5, it says Jesus sent them out. That's where I got the whole sent them out part. Um, <clears throat> and uh, commanded them, saying, commanded them, say, command, commanded, command, 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 come, that's linked to authority. We just ran into it again. He commanded them. Like, like he was above them, releasing something to them. And he, he, he didn't doubt their ability. He said, I know you're just a stupid fisherman that can only tie knots into ropes. But you know what? This sickness over here is a pretty knotty problem. And you can untie it too. I understand that you know nets. And I know hearts. And let's start throwing nets over hearts. We'll make you fishers of men. He, he, he didn't point out all their inadequacies. Because who of you by a show of hands can show their adequacy to become a Christian before Christ's blood was shed? So here's the question. What did he require of you? What do you require of you? I'll jump into this. Man, Lord, we'll get there. We're going. Glory. Thank you, Father. So, he takes, this is the thing. So, whenever we meet people, I, I, I got this too. The Lord's just really doing a lot of works in my life right now in many, many re- arenas. Everything that is Mike is being, uh, honestly, dry, crusty, and flaking off. Anyway, uh, as a youth reference, we're, we're good. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, so he, <laughs> what happens is when we meet somebody, greet somebody, whatever, let's, if we want, let's use, we can use marriage because that is the easiest one to do for everybody that understands it. But the Lord's been breaking this into so many arenas of my life. What happens is we come to this place and we all have a big box And inside that box that we're going to bring as our gift, we have all of our dreams, our ideas, our thoughts. Oh, you know, when I get married, I'll I'll get, you know, breakfast in bed once a week. I get, why are you laughing? Uh, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get a back rub. Just once a week. And my feet rubbed. Never. Um, (laughs) That's me. Uh, Sorry. Uh, But we start to come and we say, oh, oh, we're going to, young love, young love. We're going to go, we're going to go on vacation every year, family vacation. 
We're going to, you know, we're going to have one kid. No, ten kids. One kid. Ten kids. Ooh, but it's in the box. I mean, if you really want to know, you just ask, what, what, is, the, what is the dream? What is the dream? We're going we're gonna to see the world. I'm never going to leave my house. Dreams, right? I mean, everybody has a dream. And everybody has these dreams. They have this, these wonderful things that if everybody helped me accomplish my dream, <gasps> I would love everybody. But I take all my dreams and I walk up to you and I take these foot rubs and flowers and, and uh, you know, She's never going to wear a gunny sack to bed. Uh, whatever. Just, I'm just telling you the truth. Um, <clears throat> whatever they are, there's, there's wild dreams out there. People have them. Um, and we hand them, we slide them across it. After a while, I mean, it may not happen while you know, you're courting, Lord forbid. But after about a year of marriage or so, all the, at some point, you're going to slide this big box of dreams in front of them. Because they didn't do them all. And you have expectations. And all these dreams and expectations are so wonderful because I've been dreaming about this for years. And this is what I believe. And this is how my parents taught me. And I watched it. It worked in this other marriage. And this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray every mid-morning at 2.22 and pray because that's how you're supposed to do it. And that's what, you know, is successful. And we slide them across, and the person that receives them goes, whew, and they start hearing all these expectations, and what did they just receive? Responsibility. Weight. Pressure. I have to, I'm supposed to be rubbing your back every week? I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be giving you breakfast in bed? I was supposed to be praying with you at 2.22 every day? I, I was supposed to, we were supposed to go on a vacation every year as a family? And we find that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we have sick marriages. We have sick relationships. We have sickness in our churches and in our pews. Because we've put expectations upon people. And God did not put an expectation upon you. He empowered you to walk through the problems you have. But he did not put an expectation upon you. He said, I love you. And then you'll love me. I will die for you. And I'll prove it out. I'll sacrifice myself. I'll lay it all down for you. And until, see, if you're expected to have flowers on Valentine's Day, and you get flowers for them on Valentine's Day, and you give it back to them, you only get back to zero. Because it's a debt-debtor relationship. And you never find gratitude. No thankfulness lives and all you ever do is owe. You're a controlling, conniving, coercing 
You're a problem. You're a complaining, malignant tumor that is domineering everybody around you because you're not thankful because you expect everything. And it's a sickness that lives within leadership. We got to pray. I'm sorry. Father, we thank you that you speak to us, that you'll set us free, that our eyes are being opened, that there is an illumination. Father, that you loved us so much. Father, you extended grace to us when we didn't earn it or deserve it. Father, there is nothing that we could ever do to earn what you've given us. And Father, we thank you for that. And Lord, that we will continue to learn and grow and understand that you as our supreme leader, as our Lord, as our master, as the king of kings, that you sit on high, enthroned, Lord God, and that you have given us authority over these things and these vile thoughts, these things that perpetrated our lives and have been robbing us and, li- and ripping off our relationships and the things around us. Father, right now, we thank you for your spirit and for your word that is going into these areas, and it's affecting a change. We speak as one having authority in this situation that we are free. We will proclaim with the word of the prophet of our Father that the greater things are before us and not behind us, and that we'll move into the fullness of the kingdom, and we will not sit in our broken place in our shackles, in our blinded place, in our prison houses no more, but we will walk out in the glorious light that you have prepared for us and we will stand free and we will thank you. We will be grateful to you. We'll have gratitude for you. We say, bless the Lord, oh my soul. We praise your holy name. Greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I am not part of this world. I am part of your world. I am of the kingdom of Christ and I thank you, Father, for I thank you for your power, your manifestation, your holy works that you're rotting in us as we believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.